Hello. Hi. I'm back. And this is a Disney battle. I haven't discussed any Disney yet on this podcast. And now is the time. Now is the time to let my inner princess out. But before I let out my inner princess, let's discuss some of the most underrated Disney movies. Number one on that list, to me, would be Treasure Planet. Treasure Planet is an excellent movie that just came out at the wrong time. I mean, the soundtrack was amazing. That song, like, I'm Still Here, done by the Google Dolls. I want a moment to be real. Wanna touch things I don't feel. Wanna hold out and feel I belong. Oh my god. Like the whole storyline, the the update to Chagger Island, and the fact that the team that put it together waited for so long before they could even get the movie out like they had to work on so many different projects like the little mermaid and whatever until they can finally bring their dream to life and they created a movie that is just phenomenal i love treasure planet treasure planet is one of my favorite disney movies the animation is amazing it is amazing the combination of hand-drawn and CGI animation, especially for the time period of like 2001, is out of this world. The way that they incorporated those elements within the character of, oh my gosh, I'm doing this off the top of my head. Let me get my tablet right here and find the name of that character. Ah, it's on the tip of my tongue. Oh boy. My tablet's on the verge of death. <laughs> what is his name? What is his name? I'm trying to remember his name. Ah! I think it... Wait a minute. Mm. I think it's John Silver's. I think it... Yeah. Probably. We're going to call him John Silvers for now. For now. Like, the the design of his arm, the way that they incorporated the CGI onto his elements. Like, that's, that's pretty cool. It was, like, looking at it in the era that it was created makes it cool. Then considering the fact that it still holds up today makes it even better and the animation of the fish and the whole world that they created with this steampunk inspiration an island in space like that is just what amazing amazing 
All right, so the directors were Juan Clements and John Musker. Yes, 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 yes. And it actually seemed, it came out in 2002. I'm checking Google. You see, I'm, I'm checking it. I'm getting my facts straight, though. So it came out in 2002. The same year, I believe, as Titan AE. It fared better. It fared better than Titan AE. Titan AE actually crashed Fox Animation Studios. So at least Treasure Planet didn't crash Disney. But I think that was the same year that they released another underrated gem, which is Lilo and Stitch. So that was overshadowed. So it was overshadowed by um, Lilo and Stitch. It was overshadowed by its own in-house composition. Um, and I believe that if it was released at a different time, it might have done better. I think it was released on the same day as Harry Potter, if memory serves me correctly. So it really didn't have the best chance to be great. It just didn't. It didn't have the chance to just be great. Yes, his name was John Silver. Okay. Hey, hey, I got it right. <laughs> yes, the name was John Silver. Oh, I feel so fuzzy. Yes. Right. They, they just didn't give the, sh the film a chance. If it had more of a chance to sprout its wings, and I'm saying show, I mean movie, I think it would have been a lot better. I, I think that if this was released in live action, like, even in this day and age where there's a whole boom in superhero films and, you know, Marvel and those kinds of things and people are in love with sci-fi and sci-fi inspired content, it might have fared better. Treasure Planet was just a movie before its time, and I can't talk about Treasure Planet without talking about Atlantis. Now, Atlantis fared a bit better than Treasure Planet, but I love the fact that there were two animated movies. I keep saying shows. I guess it's because I was talking about comedy shows earlier. There are two animated movies that took a complete 180 away from what Disney was doing at the time. Like, they stepped out of the box from... Princess movies, princess movies, princess movies are moved in a direction of things that, I guess things that would appeal more to boys, now that I look back on it and think about it, things that would appeal more to boys. So we had Atlantis, we had Treasure Planet, we had Brother Bear. Brother Bear is such a beautiful film. Let's get into Brother Bear for a minute. Like, Brother Bear is a film that I watched when I was younger. And I just liked it because it had the song, Tell everybody I'm on my way. New friends and new places to see. With the sun beating down, yes, I'm on my way. Yes, I, I just came for the song. I came for the jams. That's what I originally came for. But watching it as an adult... Oh my goodness, the themes, the complicated themes and messages that it deals with. The fact that it's really a story about grief and loss, but done in such a spectacular way. Like, 
Oh my god. It hit it hit home to me, like it hit me in the feels. And I watched a video that expertly deconstructed um not deconstructed. Deconstructed is not the word that I'm looking for. Words, words, fall from the sky into my brain. Right. <laughs> that compared Brother Bear to Brave. And it mentioned that Brother Bear is the movie that Brave wanted to be. And I definitely agree. I certainly agree. Brother Bear is just a solid film. It's one that the entire family can enjoy. And if you watch it as an older adult, it hits home to you because Koda loses his mother. And Kenai. You know, like, it's just. I watched it and I wanted to cry when I watched it over because it just has such a deep emotional impact. It really did. It really hit home on the emotional front that Brother Bear did. Brave to me was hollow. And looking into the history of Brave, I understood why because there were so many different writers in the direction of Brave that it really didn't have a chance to be great. But I would love to see Disney Plus make Brave into a live action serial because I think that it would thrive a lot better in that format. Like just how they had Robin Hood and Once Upon a Time, those kinds of shows, I believe that Brave could really do well in that format, make it more true to life, make it a bit more impactful in terms of the writing, make it a bit more mature, and you can have a show that will rock Netflix. It it could even come across similar to Game of Thrones. Like, yeah, you will have a recipe for a fantastic show. Um, another underrated movie, in my opinion, is Mulan 2. I love Mulan 2. Like a rock. I must be hard, like an oak. I must stand firm, come quick, like my blade. Think fast, unafraid. Oh my goodness. Fun fact, I watched Mulan 2 before I ever saw the first Mulan. And I just enjoyed the story. It was a fun ride. I love the dynamics between Mulan and Shang, exploring, you know, that phase of being engaged and wondering if it's really going to work out, if they're really meant to be together, the mischievous Mushu. I loved it. I would love to see the live action Mulan. I hear it's taken a lot more serious of a tone like it's a lot more serious in tone and i'm glad for that because a story like mulan deserves a serious treatment and i think disney should make a live action pocahontas what are you doing over there disney like you're making a live action mulan but not a live action pocahontas pocahontas is underrated too like pocahontas is an excellent film it's a well-written film it's a charming film people called it a bit boring but I mean my girl Pocahontas deserves her credit. Colors of the Wind, hello? 
How high does the sycamore grow? If you cut it down, then you'll never know. And have you ever heard a wolf cry to the blue cold moon? For whether we are white or copper skins, we will sing with all the voices of the mountains. We must paint with all the colors of the wind. You can own the earth and still all your own is earth until you can paint with all the colors of the Like, we need a book on this for 2020. We do. We do. We need a movie like that. We need a movie that discusses like that the differences we see aren't really differences at all and that we're all human and that we are all worthy of love and that our land deserves to be respected, that our culture deserves to be respected that we don't deserve to be killed and plumaged just because we're perceived as savages or just because of the color of our of our skin you know that the patriarchy and the whole idea of conquering divide and conquer and stuff like that is bad we need a focus and while we're at it i cannot talk about underrated gems without talking about the princess and the frog that movie was incredible. Cause I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Cause I'm almost there. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Don't matter what you look like. Don't matter where you've been. You gotta dig a little deeper. If you find out who you are, you find out what you need. Blue skies and sunshine, guaranteed. You gotta dig. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Like, we have a black princess. Disney! Disney, especially in this time of unrest. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! It just hit home to me. Like Sesame Street is out here doing town halls on racism to talk to like the the, the youth and also I guess comfort adults that would have grown up with Sesame Street. Muppets are out here talking about racism, and you mean to tell me that Disney could not utilize its characters such as Tiana? Uh, black princess to talk about racial injustice come on disney do better i mean not just tiana but like moana as well like she's a pacific islander but like there's so many people of color like animated characters of color that I feel could have been 
incorporated into different campaigns to talk about why racism is wrong. And I only feel that way after seeing the masterful way that Sesame Street did it. And I'm going to continue to say, like, Sesame Street is the bomb.com. There's a reason that it's remained on air for 50 years. It's one of the best television shows ever. And I'm going to toot the horn. It had the Emmy nominations for a reason. It's revolutionary, not just in education, but in a lot of ways. Like, Disney. You really miss out on an opportunity, Disney. Like, for reals. For reals. And now that I think about it, now that I think about it, Nickelodeon with Dora and Diego. Go, Diego, go. Alessante, amigos, to the rescue, my friends. And Maya and Miguel from PBS Kids. It's Maya and Miguel. What they will do next, you never can tell. It's Maya and Miguel. Brother and sister and best friends. And sp- like, they have people of color. Why were they not used to reach children and talk to them about like why it's wrong to keep Mexican children in cages? Like, come on, PBS. I mean, all right, Sesame Street did their thing, but you guys have more shows that. I'm just saying, like, F resources could be used to use these characters for more frivolous things. These characters could have been used for things that were far more impactful. And the death of Chadwick Boseman shows that people connect with characters. People connect with what a character represents. I, I just hope that other companies take a leaf out of Sesame Street's book. And they use their characters for good within the community at large. And, and that they really push the boundary of what a character can do. Like, it sounds silly. The whole idea of fandoms and how people can resonate so much with characters. But a well-written character can touch on many aspects of life without needing to ever be real in the sense of the quote-unquote real world. It has legs. Like, people need stories. People need things that they can see themselves in. And Disney, I need you guys. You've made a live-action Aladdin. You need to make a live-action Princess on the Frog. Come to think of it, it would have been a lot less expensive and easier to make a live-action Princess on the Frog, given that it took place in Louisiana. Like, come on! There was a, a movie that I watched that came out in 2002. I cannot remember the name of this movie for the life of me. It was some cheesy, Hallmark-style romantic comedy. But they had CG frogs. And it was heartfelt and funny. Like, Disney, you can make a live-action Princess and the Frog. Why have a black princess character and only use her as a token? I need some justice for Tiana. I do. Like, she's a hard-working, independent woman before she even becomes a princess. And while we're at it, while Mulan is getting the life action treatment, so I'm going to leave Mulan out of this, but, like, Lilo and Stitch... Lilo and Stitch, especially in these times that we're living in, 
where families are being separated and there might have been sibling families created due to COVID-19. Like Lilo and Stitch. Is a Lilo and Stitch live action film in the works? Because that is the perfect premise for a live action film. A sister taking all the responsibility of parenthood and leaving behind her youth. And another sister who's just lost her parents and is young and quirky and weird and just doesn't know how to cope. Like, Lilo, oh my goodness. Honestly, now that I think about it, I would love to see Lilo and Stitch become a series. I think that it has the potential to become a great series for the whole family. Like, the movie itself was groundbreaking without having to be all in your face about it. And I think that it having a live action series would be great. Like, Disney, think outside of the box. You've remade movies that were classics and that already had fan bases to make the easy dollar. But why not look at your underrated properties and give them a new, not properties, properties and give them a fresh life like The Fox and the Hound. I know that that had a fresh reboot in 2006 because I think the original film came out like in the 80s. But I'm talking like live action Fox and the Hound. Like The Black Cauldron. Now if you are a Disney fanatic like me, you know that The Black Cauldron was one of those movies that definitely tanked Disney. It was darker than most films at the time. It went a bit along the route of like King Arthur and the Knights at the Wrong Table. But it was plagued with issues in terms of the sound and all those different things. But I believe that with a life action interpretation and the right people behind it, the Black Cauldron, could become a cult classic. I mean, it already has found fans. Disney, what are you doing? I mean, probably bringing a life action Treasure Planet would be very expensive and whatnot, but you could do a life action Atlantis. You can do a life action Emperor's New Groove. I would love to see Emperor's New Groove done in live action, by the way. I love that movie. That is a hilarious gem of a movie. It, like... And while you're at it, why... Like... Oh, my gosh. The Hunchback of Notre Dame? Hellfire! Yes! I mean, I think The Hunchback of Notre Dame could do with a live-action film. Like, I'm only saying so because I've realized the trend of Disney to create live-action films. So if you are already creating live-action films in order to introduce a whole new generation to your catalog, why not look into films that are not so recognized? And I want some justice for Princess Tiana. I mean, Brianna Taylor couldn't get any justice, and, and my girl Tiana can't get any justice either. I mean, she worked her butt off the whole movie long. She kissed a frog, okay? She, like, and she hardly gets her flowers. She barely gets her credit. And unfortunately, her movie was overshadowed by Tangled. And I love Tangled. Tangled is 
one of my favorite Disney movies next to Treasure Planet, next to Emperor's New Groove, next to Atlantis. Um, I also really enjoy Peter Pan. I just, I like, I, lo- I love Disney, okay? I love Disney movies. So, Tangled was, Tangled? We're going to talk about Tangled in the next episode. We are. I don't want these episodes to go too long. I'm on a roll. This is, this is fun. I'm enjoying this. Catch me in the next one.